This podcast was recorded at the start of December 2016 and it touches on issues including sexual abuse and harassment in cycling. It doesn't go into graphic details, but I'm just warning you in case that's an issue that disturbs you. It does also talk about trying to make things better in cycling too. Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly and today I'm talking to Anna-Louise Kochwees who works for the Dutch Cycling Federation and we're going to talk about the investigation that the Dutch Cycling Federation is starting into bullying and abuse and harassment in cycling and I'm really interested in this. Um, thank you Anne for talking to me. Great to have it's great to be here. Yeah, Anne, as she said, been a director sportif for a Dutch club team, she's raced herself and, and you, you actually work for the Dutch Cycling Federation don't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am uh, currently a manager of commercial businesses, so I'm responsible for everything uh, for marketing, sponsoring events, and communication for the Dutch Cycling Federation. So, this investigation, can you tell us a little bit of the background and what you're doing about it? Yes, yeah, several months ago, we had a meeting um, at the Dutch Cycling Federation, and we had some clues or ideas from, well, you know, the Silk Report, and some things happened at uh, at the British Cycling Federation. And what we really thought, well, we can close our eyes for this, but we can also be proactive and see whether something like this uh, is also happening in the Dutch Cycling Federation or with our members or with our selections. So we thought, well, let's be proactive and start an investigation to see uh, whether we can do something about it if it is also happening in uh, in Holland. And, well, actually, you should be a little bit naive thinking that it's only uh, happening abroad or with others or at other federations. So I'm happy we started this proactively. It's an interesting thing to do because it's a big risk, of course, because if you uncover, you know, bad things that are going on, that's something that, that, that just wasn't public. But on the other hand, it just sends such a good message to say, you know, you're not waiting for a bad news story. You want to find out and you want to make things better. Yeah, indeed. You're very correct. Yeah, I never or we have never seen it as a risk, actually. Because if you see it as a risk, you see it as something you are afraid about. And we do want to be, well, we love our sport and we want to have uh, all the youngsters being uh, very happy in the sports, being uh, happy on their bike and enjoying cycling in general. If you keep that in mind, then that's your focus. Then uh, you should do everything you can as a cycling federation to have people uh, enjoying cycling. And if there's something which is wrong or you can do something about, then that should be your main priority. Mm-hmm. And so this this is an independent study. It's looking into bullying and harassment, um, sexual harassment, but also other harassment across all disciplines, all the cycling disciplines that the Dutch Federation covers. Yeah, we have um, six uh, major uh, disciplines. So uh, as you said, we have road cycling, uh, BMX, track, cyclocross, uh, mountain bike, and also power cycling, so the Paralympic uh, mm-hmm. team. Uh, and I think in this case as well, it's not only road cycling, it's not only uh, women's cycling. It's in all disciplines, you have the same, well, maybe dependency from riders to athletes to uh, managers, trainers, coaches. And that's not only the case with road cycling, it's in every discipline, it's in every age category. So you must look at cycling in general and not only focus on just women cycling or sexual intimidation. Intimidation is so much more than only sexual intimidation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone who's been around cycling has heard stories about riders being you know, bullied and harassed. Yeah. 
and it's awful and you know riders having to make really difficult decisions about do I stay with this team but if I don't stay with this team I don't get to ride and that's I mean no, no one wants that in sport but it feels like especially when when people want something so much but they they rely on other people to let them race in the first place there's that power dynamic becomes really dangerous I think or can be dangerous exactly yeah you're you're very correct that's uh, what you see in England now with uh, with the pro football team uh, or pro footballers, mm. uh, football players, they said, and Marijn, I don't know if everyone knows the column Marijn has written uh, in Holland just uh, this Sunday, but in the column uh, she told everyone that she was so very shocked about th- just the sentence from a pro footballer, uh, ex-pro footballer who said, well, I just wanted to football. I... I I knew something was wrong, but I wanted to football. It's, 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 it was my, my dream. I wanted to be a pro. I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't do something about it because I wanted to, to play, play football. Mm. And what you say, the, the dependency of an athlete with a coach or a trainer, um, if you want something so very, so very bad, well, it's, it's a risk. And it's, um, it's not only in sport, of course, intimidation. It's in, in, in businesses. It's in, in private life. But... Well, like in sport, when you have so dependency from your trainer or your coach who, who can select you indeed for a race and say, well, if you don't sign the contract or if you don't stay at the team, well, maybe then you don't ride that race you want to race so very badly. Mm. Oh, it's so it, it must be so very difficult being in that situation as a rider. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when they say, you know, if you for, if your team doesn't like you, you don't get to race. So you don't get the results. So you can't find a new team. It becomes a spiral. And I think I think that's one of the things that's always been shocking. We hear about riders, for example, not getting paid their contracted wages in some teams. And but they can't complain about it because if they complain, they, they'll be seen as a troublemaker. And that, that yeah. seems to be part of it. This idea that you have to avoid being seen as difficult because otherwise you no one will hire you. Indeed, yeah. Well, as a cycling federation, we we don't have those signals directly. We haven't had any calls or, or emails of people saying, well, I have a problem, this is my case, can you help me? It isn't that we have the direct information from riders, but if you just take a look around, if you see what's happening in, in your surroundings, I, I was a director sportive for two years at a, at a very small, little, lovely uh, cycling club in uh, in the center of uh, of the Netherlands. And when I was in, in in the local national races, I saw just how team managers cut off their own riders getting back to the peloton. I I just didn't understand. I, why should you well block your own rider? And afterwards, I, I talked to one of those um, female cyclists, and I, I, I asked what happened. Did something went wrong? Or, and then she just said, just in in one, out of the blue, well, he doesn't like me, and um, we are in trouble. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I was stunned. I couldn't understand. But well, it's like, well, I guess it's like. A club competition that's it, it isn't about being a pro or it's 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 having fun it's mm. having fun on a bike on your own level on your with female cyclists with the same level and you should be enjoying your bike and it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're if you're a pro or if you're just a starter starting cyclist 
maybe it happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want to know. We want to know for sure. And we don't know for sure now. We don't have anything on paper uh, investigated on which we can take action. And yeah. we must have yeah. before we don't know where to start. We don't know if there's a problem. Let's make that clear. We don't know if there is a problem. But if there is, we must do something about it. And we must know how we can act, what we can do, um, and how we can help uh, people who are in the situation that they are being intimidate, intimidated. Mm-hmm. So it's starting in January uh, with an independent researcher running the, the study for you. How long are you planning to take it? Or is this one of those things that you don't know how long it will take until you start it? No, indeed. Now, what we do have a kind of feeling it would take like four or five months. We're starting uh, with a small group just by testing. Mm-hmm. And with that information, we want to take it in general for uh, all of our members and all of our riders. So uh, it's like in two steps, we want to have everyone in Holland, uh, which is a, a member of our cycling federation, uh, well, to have their opinion, to, to know what is happening. Well, I hope in June, July, we can have uh, the investigation ready and, and have the results. Yeah. Has everyone been positive about it? Because I know that Marijn, for people who don't know, Marijn de Vries uh, is a board member of the KNWU and also a former rider, of course. And she had a bit of a pushback from a director sportif on her column that was a bit surprising. Has the response to this been positive in general or, or yeah. are people wanting you not to do this? Absolutely. No, I haven't had any comments about this being uh, not at the right moment or um, something we shouldn't be talking about. No, I haven't got any negative reaction whatsoever. And I must say that um, uh, the director sportif you're talking about, uh, who uh, well made a very particular <laughs> tw- uh, tweet or thriller reaction to Moran. He uh, they called yesterday evening and everything is fine. He it, it was um, well. Sometimes you better call instead of uh, make a reaction on Twitter. But they are fine yeah. now. He he made his apologies to Marijn and in general, and he really supports the investigation and wants to help where he can. So luckily, that's fine as well. So no, no negative reactions whatsoever. That's really good. I guess when I think about it, it's it's the one of the problems we have with cycling, like in England and football. If you're a footballer, you're playing for an English, you know, you can be a British footballer playing for a British club in Britain. Whereas in cycling, you might have a Dutch rider who's on a German registered team and they might be being harassed by a Belgian staff member while they're at a British race, for example. You know, it, it's much more complicated than than I think something like football. Is, do you think that's going to be interesting? Because it might be there are things that there are things that the Dutch Federation can control what happens to Dutch registered teams to a certain extent. But when you are you already working with the UCI, for example, to to talk about what happens if you find more complicated situations? Oh, well, good question. No, actually, we haven't had, for, for, as far as I know, we haven't had any uh, contact about this investigation with the UCI, but I know uh, the UCI very well, and I, I know that for certain if... if we have made an investigation with some uh, some good results or results we can uh, work together on uh, to make cycling in general just international mm-hmm. a better place to be in. Well, of course, why why wouldn't they um, or just extend the investigation we did uh, for several countries or 
I know for certain they they are looking carefully to towards what we are doing in the Netherlands and a very good one if if the UCI want to take this in general and and extend it because I I think what I said earlier uh, as a national cycling federation as an international cycling federation we mu- must do our utmost to to make cycling a sport in which you can enjoy being on a bike enjoy cycling whether it's in a race or it is uh, as a, a, a recreational cyclist i think there's no option for them if if it's an investigation they can do something with as well they will take it over and and we'll see what they can do yeah i think what was surprising about the the cycling independent reform committee commission report that came out last year you mentioned this earlier but they had that line that said um examples were given in the report where riders were exploited financially and even allegedly sexually and it was surprising that that didn't get more attention in the media at the time and it feels like that was just this 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 little throwaway line in in the CIRC report so i guess that's surprising yeah i i agree well if you see it it was indeed as you say two or three sentences which shocked everyone but in in the whole anti doping epo investigation i think the focus was mainly on getting that in place first but well actually yeah i totally agree it's it's it was such an important sentence that it's actually it's it's ridiculous <laughs> this is the first time somebody proactively does something with the sentence in a circ report but well it's what's the lack of focus i think yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a lot easier to talk about doping, isn't it, than it is to talk about sexual abuse because, you know, doping and sports go together. But I guess it means it's harder to look at intimidation because we want to believe that people are good people, you know, people in our sport are good people. And you can see why someone may take drugs as a mistake. You know, they, they, you know they're, making a, they're making a moral decision for themselves and it's a mistake but the idea that someone would actively hurt other you know other people people in the sport is something that is a little bit more tough to look at yeah i, I think um marianne Olfers, uh, which i mentioned earlier so the head of uh, the investigation she has a lot of experience in this uh, in this area and she mentioned me one time she said well Andalus, you know if something happens with intimidation and sexual intimidation, uh, maybe even more. When you really get into the case and you acknowledge that there's something wrong, you have to do something about it. Mm. You can't let it go. Mm. And that's why in most cases you you very often see, um, for example, um, a spouse who uh, or the man has done something really, really terrible uh, being a coach or being a trainer and then the wife just suddenly says well we did such a good man and he wouldn't do that well he's it's a great husband and he's good for our kids and he, and you're like well do you really understand what your husband has done in sports but when she actually acknowledges that her husband has done something such 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 a terrible thing she has to take action because if you acknowledge that your husband has done something with, with a, a little athlete or, or, or has intimidated someone, should you leave him? What does your, um, your surroundings say? What, what does all the people, your social life, you must take action. And 
it's very often the case that then, well, people just take a step back and say, well, I don't think it has, it has happened. Yeah, as we saw with the, the British cycling thing, when the uh, Jessica Varnish uh, talked about her experiences of being bullied by by coaches, and and the first response was, no, that didn't happen. Of course, if you have if you take on such thing as an investigation, you have to investigate yourself. You have to investigate just all the disciplines in every category. But also for us as a cycling federation, we have to take action. Yeah. If there's something as a result coming out of the investigation, then we have to do something about it. And that you have to keep that in mind. Are you willing to to take those actions? Yeah. Uh, and we fully said, as from the beginning, yes, if that's what is necessary to keep our sport, the sport like it is, or, or to make it more open, or to make it, just make it better, then we should then we should take actions. Yeah. So this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of a long, you know, I guess, I guess you won't know, you won't know what those actions are until you see the report. No, I would say that starting the investigation is the easiest step. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for your time in talking to us about this, because it's really interesting and it's really important, I think. Um, if people are involved in Dutch cycling and they are being bullied or being harassed, they can contact the Federation before the investigation, can't they? Absolutely, absolutely. That's a very uh, good question, yeah. We have um, uh, a contact person at the Dutch Cycling Federation, uh, which can be called uh, if there's something at hand w- uh, which can wait till the investigation or you want to do something about. Of course, they can call at the Federation. There's also, well, they call it a, a vertrouwenspunt I say it in Dutch because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if somebody listens and uh, they're in Holland, um, please contact the Vertrouwenspunt Sport um, from our NCNSF. There are a lot of well, professionals on the line who can help you with uh, finding the right uh, way in managing the situation and make the situation better. Um, and what makes the situation better is in every situation different. So I can't say what that should be, but at uh, Vertrouwenspunt Sport, they can help you very, very well. Yeah. And it's all anonymous as well, isn't it? Like if someone calls the Federation with a problem, you won't, you know, they'll be protected, won't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, of course, it's, it's anonymous and well, it depends on the case, what you want to do about it, if it, if it can stay anonym, anonymous, but start, of course, will also not be uh, part of the investigation. So that's good to know uh, if you have uh, made already such a, a call or, or you have already told your story, please uh, do not hesitate to also be part of the investigation and give us the information you have because everything helps to get the the image of, of the cycling and, and intimidation in the cycling uh, uh, even better. So please, uh, uh, please tell stories. Please be open uh, and tell us everything you want to, to tell us because we do want to know and we do want to make it better. Excellent. Yes, and, and although you can't go back in time and stop things happening to people, to, to, to that person can stop problems for people in the future, can't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Excellent. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, if the, I'll put the links to the Dutch Cycling Federation on my website, prowomencycling.com. And I'll also put some links to other federations so that if people in other countries are having problems with bullying and harassment, they can contact their federations too. So thank you so much for your time, Anne. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me.